I know I said this earlier, but um, if, if there's anyone that definitely deserves to have a special day all to herself and be honored in every which way possible, I think it's moms. Anybody agree? All their sacrificing, all their love, all, all their nurturing. There, there was a well-known psychiatrist, and uh, he was sitting down and, um, and uh, having a session with, with one of his female clients. And uh, towards the end of the session, he starts to summarize uh, uh, the things that she had told him. And, and um, while listening to her, uh, to her story, he, he ends by saying, So ma'am, let me get this straight. You spend 50% of your energy on your job. 50% of your energy on your husband and 50% of your energy on your children. No wonder you're exhausted. I think I see the issue. Moms, you all have a calling. It's a special calling. It's a unique calling. But, but most importantly, it is a very important calling. It's a calling that you have answered very lovingly. Thank you. In our text this morning, we are going to be instructed about how God also d- distributes gifts and callings according to his purpose. How he has d- distributed these gifts and callings to each and every one of us. Each and every one of us here this morning. If you've got a Bible, turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start with verse 27. And if not, just take a look at the screen. But our text this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, through chapter 13, verse 7. Follow along with me here. Our text says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, But have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I'm never going to forget 
In May of 1997, shortly after graduating high school, I started working at the Jamestown Marina. And let me tell you something, it was after I graduated when so many things that my mother had taught me all those years, I was finally starting to get. The light bulb was finally starting to come on. And while, working at, and while working at the marina, I know it was only seasonal work, but I can remember how, how interesting it was because I was interacting with more and more people. And that summer, I remembered all the skills that, that I was learning. I was learning skills that I didn't know I had. And also, I was learning skills that <laughs> I definitely needed to learn real quick. And one of those were people skills. I, learned, I had to learn how to work as a team and, and even put the needs of others above mine. And also learned that there were now expectations that were required of me. Because if I did not do my job, then my job would not get done. But also I was learning, and I didn't know it at the time. But I was also learning the feeling of what it meant to feel useful. And that was a good feeling. I'm sure we all want to feel useful this morning, don't we? And to be used in fulfilling ways. Do, do all of us want to feel useful? Let's be honest. We all want to feel useful and used in fulfilling ways to, be, to achieve a, a purpose greater than, than ourselves. Not just in our professions and our lines of work. However, we want to feel this way most importantly in our church as well. And this is something that God has put into our hearts. The feeling to serve for something greater than ourselves. To achieve a magnificent purpose. To be a part of his purpose. From our passage this, excuse me, from our passage this morning, I've got some great news. We hear bad news all the time, don't we? Are we tired of hearing bad news all the time? I've got some great news for you. We are not useless. I'll say that again. We are not useless. In the church, we belong. Here in the, in the Columbia Christian Church, you belong. And, and within the church, we have a unique function that God has appointed specifically for us to do. And without us, that function just might not get accomplished. He's laid something on, on, on our hearts to achieve. A job in which to perform. And we are useful in the church. And, and in fact, we need to understand that not only are we useful to, to, to the church. But because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. So yes, we, we are very useful. Even as a human body is unified, whole, with many different parts, also as the body of Christ. 
unified in many different parts, different personalities, different gifts. And this morning, I'm going to share with each of us how we as members, the body of Christ, each have a ministry as well as a mission. We each have a ministry and a mission. The first way we serve as the body of Christ is that we as members have a ministry to serve. We all have that ministry. From our text this morning, verses 27 through 30, again tells us, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Back in his day, Paul and the others, they had a unique authority as apostles. And it was a special authority, especially at that time. And it will never be repeated again. Let me explain. Because the foundation of the church now has already been set. God still uses his special ambassadors in the church today. Even though we may not have the same authority as the original apostles. Even though we may not have that same authority, we still are ambassadors. And you see, God raises up those to speak to the church. He rises up those to speak through the church. He rises up those to, to speak to the world with special blessings and power. And he does that through the gifts that he gives to, uh, to each and every one of us. Ephesians 2, 19 through 21 tells us, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. I think we can all agree that miracles still happen today, don't they? I'm sure some of us have even seen miracles happen firsthand. However, this is something that we need to understand this morning. The biblical pattern is, is for miracles to be done through and only through the Holy Spirit's initiative. Miracles are not done through the initiative of the individual. In other words, it's, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 3.16 tells us, And his name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of all of you. This was Peter's response to those who, were, who confronted him uh, by healing the lame beggar. 
do any of you strike that as odd that they confronted him about a lame man was healed? But I loved Peter's response. In Acts 19.11 it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Paul had such a deep love and faith for Christ that was so strong and zealous. Acts 14.3 goes on to tell us, So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And this was in reference to Paul and Barnabas while, while they were in Iconium while they were speaking at the Jewish synagogue there. And yes, even though, I mean, one cannot perform, perform miracles on their own, that's done through, through the Holy Spirit. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that Peter and Paul had some special abilities. I'm sure Moses, too, had special abilities given to them by God and the Holy Spirit. But it is not our job to perform miracles. What is our job as Christians and members of the body of Christ is that we have a ministry to serve. Peter and Paul went where they were told to go and did what they were commanded to do as was Moses. And we as Christians, as members, we need to be willing to serve and go where the needs are. That's our ministry to serve. To go and face those needs. Charles Spurgeon, um, this is how he describes the qualities of someone in effective ministry. He says, it's someone with a tender heart to, to really care, a strong eye to see the need, a, qu- a quick foot to get to the needy, a loving face to cheer them and bless them, a firm foot so that you will not fall yourself, a strong hand to grip the needy with, and a bent back to reach the man. Our ministry is just not simply <clears throat> coming to the Columbia Christian Church. It's not simply just showing up. And yes, it's good to come to church. It is good to worship. Yes, that's what we are commanded to do. We're commanded to come and worship and glorify God and to fellowship with other believers. However, not as mere pew sitters. Not to just come and take up space in a pew. Are we here to expect something, to get something out of the service? And those be be the only reasons? Or are we here to put into the ministry to allow ourselves to get something and become active within the ministry? So the ministry becomes a part of us. So we ourselves can be a contribution to the ministry. Could it be once again that if we are not using our gifts, then our part of the ministry that we've been called for 
just might not be getting done. God told Moses to go, and Moses made every excuse not to. How many many of ourselves catch us doing that too? We, We catch ourselves saying that I'm not good enough. Well, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't speak well. I read an article a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it gave me so much encouragement. You see, there was an elderly widow who was restrained of her activities. You know, she, she, she was so limited. But yet, after, after constant prayer, she was constantly looking for a way that she could still be useful. How she could still serve in, 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 in ways beyond herself. So one day she was looking around her house and she was thinking about her piano and how much she enjoyed playing her piano. So the next day she decided, I'm going to put an ad in, in the local newspaper. And, and check this out. The ad read, piano player will play hymns by phone daily for those who are sick and despondent. The service is free. And the notice included the number to dial. Well, it started off slow, you know, but every now and then she she would get calls. She'd play a hymn, and someone would be encouraged. But I'm going to tell you something. Within a few months, her playing had brought so much joy and cheer to several hundred people in, in her community. And after a while, with, within so much less time, after playing the hymn, so many people would pour out their hearts to her. And then she was able to offer up help and encouragement. And she herself even prayed with, it, with these individuals over the phone. Doesn't sound like, that don't sound like uselessness to me. It sounds like somebody who, who is using her ministry to serve. So we don't need to let ourselves believe the fact that we're not good enough. Is that us talking? Or are we allowing the temptation from someone else to, to do the talking? We as members of the Columbia Christian Church, we have a ministry to serve. The second way that we serve as the body of Christ is that we as members have a mission to love. We have a mission to love. Verse 31 in our text says, But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. The Apostle Paul is going to tie in chapter 12 and chapter 13 in a very unique and cool way right here. I'll I'll read 31 again. But earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. Though the Holy Spirit works through us by, by using our gifts, it is good and proper for us to also desire our gifts, to ask for our gifts but at the same time be in full submission to God's plan and God's will. 
And, and Paul's going to go on and, and explain this more excellent way right now. In chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It is with a focus on love, not the gifts themselves. You see, because the gifts are merely ways that we can express and receive love from God and then share it with others to distribute that love to others. You see, our gifts are like the, the, the containers in which inside the container, love is far more important. The church in Corinth were so enamored with spiritual gifts. This was their focus. And Paul reminds them that these gifts are meaningless without love. Because without love, a person may speak, but it is as meaningless as a clanging cymbal. It's just empty noise. And whatever the gift or talent that we may have could be irrelevant apart from love. You see, the Corinthian Christians missed the motive and the goal of these gifts. And they needed to be reminded they needed to make love their goal. And, and the Apostle Paul is drawing their attention back to love. Just like I think the Apostle Paul is also drawing our attention this morning back to love as well. He spoke of a faith that, that can move mountains. Paul was quoting the idea of Jesus whenever he was referring to faith that, that can move mountains. He said in Matthew 17 verse 20, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. What an amazing gift that that, that would be. A faith so strong that, uh, uh, that you can move anything. Move a mountain. Yet, a gift like that, such a strong gift of faith, would be nothing without love to accompany it. Someone with that kind of faith that, that can move a mountain, without love, they would set the mountain right in someone else's path or directly on someone else if they do not have love. Now, this is not an issue of love versus gifts. It's not that at all. A church should never be forced to choose between love and gifts of the Holy Spirit. What the Apostle Paul here is emphasizing is that 
is that the focus and goal of the gifts is love, not the gifts for their own sake. And, and, and for the word love, Paul uses the ancient Greek word agape. And in the ancient Greeks, you see, they had four different words for love. And I think it's very important that, that we understand why the Apostle Paul uses the Greek word agape here. Out of the four words of, of love that was used by, by the ancient Greeks, the word eros was referred to as a sexual love. Storge was was the word for love that meant family. How parents um, love their children and, and to all family members. Then we have philia is, and that's the third word for love and it's a deep friendship. This describes the friendship that was shared between David and Jonathan. And uh, this is the, probably the highest love of man that, that can be achieved without God's help. That's, uh, um, that's the highest that, uh, that we're capable of. And then we have the final word, and, and, and it's the most powerful. And, and it's agape love. Because you see, agape love is a love that loves without changing. Agape love does not change. It is a self-serving love and gives without demanding or expecting repayment. It is a love that is so great that can be given to the unlovable or the unappealing. It is love that loves even when it is rejected. It's hard to love when, when we feel rejected, doesn't it? Agape loves love. It loves because it wants to. It does not demand or expect repayment from the love that's given. It gives because it loves and it does not love in order to receive. And agape love has very little to do with emotion. It, is, it has much to do with the self-denial for the sake of another. We can read this chapter and think that Paul is saying that if we are unfriendly, then our lives mean nothing. But hold on a second. Agape is not about friendliness. It goes a lot deeper than that. It is self-denial for the sake of another. And through this love, God is calling us to a much deeper and further love for him. And of, and of others. What a powerful tool that agape love would be right now for our perishing world. What a difference our world would make if they had a serving love to give without expecting anything in return. To give up a, of, of oneself for, for the sake of another. If we were to reread 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, we could easily replace the word love with Jesus' name, and the description would make perfect sense. Wouldn't it? We could easily say 
Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast, not arrogant or rude. And we can make it through the whole chapter. That'd be easy to do, wouldn't it? And I want to encourage you to do that sometime. But we can measure our own spiritual maturity by seeing how it sounds when we put our names in, in, in that chapter. Replace our names with, with the word love. If I were to put my name in there, it would sound extremely far-fetched. Because I don't live up to that. And there's a reason why Paul put this chapter in the midst of his discussion of spiritual gifts. He had a reason for it. Because Paul wanted the Corinthian Christians to remember that giftedness is not the measure of maturity, but the display of love is. Agape love is a sacrificial love. And we this morning, I feel that we need to remember that as well. And notice I'm saying we. I too need, need to learn more about that as well. Until, uh, until college, I'll be honest with you, I never really got into contemporary Christian music un, un, until I started at uh, Kentucky Christian College. Because I was under the false notion that it was all praise and worship. Of course, I had the attitude was, well, I mean, if I want to hear a praise and worship song, I'll go to church. You see how naive I was thinking there. And then I started listening to Christian music, and I realized that they weren't just singing praise and worship, but, but, they, were all, but they were singing about issues that, that, uh, that people go through. Here three years ago, I have really become a fan uh, of the contemporary Christian group for King and Country. Ever hear of them? They're a group that's based out of um, Australia. And a few years ago, uh, Clay and I took the teens to uh, Kings Island, and there's a uh, concert series there every summer, well, except for last summer, called Spirit Song. And uh, Denise is down there smiling. She... She was there too, and, um, and for King and Country was there. And not only did they put on a phenomenal show, but, but the lyrics in their songs go so deep. And, and, uh, and there's one song that I want to share with you this morning. This song is titled, God Only Knows. And this is, the, and, uh, this is some of the lyrics to, to this song. He says, God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. And that's agape love. The kind of love that God only knows is indeed agape love. A sincere, sacrificial love. 
And agape love is, is not a love that we, I feel, are going to fully understand while, while we're still here. And some of you may, may be sitting there asking yourselves and wondering, well, Adam, if we're not going to understand what agape love truly is, then why should we try to achieve it? Why should we work hard every day to, uh, uh, to love others? So why try? Well, it's definitely worth trying. And I think former Hall of Fame football coach, Tony Dungy, I, I, I think he said it best. And I think I quoted him the last time I preached too. But Tony Dungy had this to say. It's about the journey, mine and yours, and the lives we can touch, the legacy we leave, and the world we can change for the better. If you have not read his book, Quiet Strength, I want to recommend it. And I will, and I will more than gladly let you borrow mine. What our duties as Christians are is to understand that we have a ministry to serve and a mission to love. That's what we as Christians need to understand is that we each, everyone in this room, everyone that's, that's still watching online, we have a ministry and we have a mission. We're useful. How do we do that? Are you wondering how we can do that? Well, our mission statement says, Christ our message, souls our mission. When we are outside these walls, when we are outside the church, when we are not meeting together, when we are not serving together, do our lifestyles portray that message and that mission? Are we living our ministry? Are we living our mission? We are all called to serve and use our gifts. The best way to do that is by seeking agape love. A sacrificial love that God himself only knows. We're, we're going to spend a few moments. Dwayne's going to play. We're going to spend a few moments in meditation and, and prayer. Maybe there's a ministry or an idea that's been put on your heart. Maybe there's a way that you feel that you need to be serving and you don't feel like you're doing that. Maybe now's the time to pray for guidance. Maybe you have not yet asked the Lord to save you. Maybe you've not yet been baptized. Maybe you've not yet called Jesus as Lord. Or maybe there's something right now that you're not looking forward to this next week and you're needing guidance. Let's take these few moments right now and let's just offer that up to God. Let's set ourselves free from that.